0: So it seems that people are buying fewer apartments but more townhouses.
1: Oh, yeah, well, like strata townhouses.
0: Yeah. Oh, well, okay. Yeah, most townhouses are strata these days. Mm. Uh, even in Randwick, where they try to make everybody have company title. All oh, right. <laughs> mm. so, so there's that, and there's big changes to the law in Victoria. Okay. So we'll be talking about that. I'm Jimmy Thompson. I write the Flat Chat column for the Australian Financial Review.
1: And I'm Sue Williams. I write about property for Domain.
0: And this is the Flat Chat Wrap. Okay, so there's new figures came out from a company called Archistar, who are run by your old sparring partner, Dr...
1: Andrew Wilson.
0: Dr. Mm -hmm. Andrew Wilson. Yeah. And what they've indicated is that, you know, the the government has been pumping money into the building sector for Mm -hmm. house building. Most of that money is going into standalone houses. Yeah. And the number of purchases or the builds starting for apartments is actually plummeted it's going oh. right down
1: okay
0: but going down by less is townhouses and you look at the graph and the graph is on the FlatChat website i'd you'd say in about six months they could actually meet the number of townhouses and the number of apartments are going to be about the same wow which is shows a big shift in people's thinking about how they want to live. Like they want to live in strata because of the benefits of that, but they don't want to necessarily live in apartments. What do you reckon? Why is that?
1: Um, I wonder if that's the influence of the downsizes on the market. A lot of older people are a bit more nervous about moving into apartments for the first time if they've never lived in them before. Mm -hmm. And they're a bit anxious about having to deal with an owner's corporation or a body corporate. Mm -hmm. Um, They're also... I was talking to someone the other day from the... um, Urban Housing People.
0: (laughs) Is that Ahuri? Ahuri, yes, that's right. Which is the... Australian
1: Housing and Urban Research Institute. Thank you. We got there in the end. And they were saying that often older people are a bit nervous about moving into apartments if they've never lived in them before because they're nervous about who their neighbours might be and whether Mm. there's going to be a noise above them or next to them or below them.
0: Yeah.
1: Because they can't quite get their head around um, the fact that hopefully apartments are built to be you know almost soundproof but you know i grew up in um a terrace house mm. and we heard everything our neighbors said both yeah. sides of us yeah and it wasn't such a big deal really you just you just kind of got used to it we did, well i didn't know anything different when i was a well kid.
0: that's the key you know if mm. you've lived in a house where you you know you're separate even these big mcmansions that are exactly you know one meter apart or whatever it mm. is you're not going to hear your neighbours so much, except when they go out into the backyard.
1: But I'm arguing you often do, and there's less you can do about it when you're living in a house. Um, Because, you know, if the house isn't so well built, you're always going to hear your neighbours from next door if you're in a terrace. We we know somebody who lives in a terrace and has terrible trouble with neighbours' noise, and that's mm. in Kirribilli and the low north shore of Sydney. So it's kind of quite a posh terrace, really, but she still hears everything her neighbours say. So I think a lot of people live in houses where the the noise transmission is pretty t- terrible, really. Yeah. But the p- thing with apartments is you can actually do something about it. You can, yeah. you can talk to your owner's corporation and they can tell people to be quieter or to yeah. stop wearing high heels on wooden floors or, mm. you know... Um, regulate the amount of noise they're making. Can they do that? Yes, they can, because you're entitled to the peaceful enjoyment of your own lot.
0: So what I'm saying is, um, I mean, for instance, one of the classics we're getting is that as more families move into apartments, it's the, you know, the people upstairs, they've got kids and the kids are always running around and it makes a noise. Can you go to your owners corporation and say, can you stop these children from running around?
1: Well, you probably can't stop the children from running around, but you can... The owners' corporation could suggest alternative floor coverings mm. that might make the problem a lot, lot less.
0: The problem, obviously, is that a lot of families think, we've got kids, kids are messy, let's put down tiles, mm. let's put down timber floor, and it's easier to clean. Mm. I mean, we do that. We have that because we've got cats. So I assume children are even messier than cats sometimes. But... You know, the downsizer thing, now, according to the University of New South Wales, only 3% of people in apartments are downsizers, empty nesters, retirees. Mm. It seems to be something more significant. And there's a theory that it's related to uh, COVID. People want more room and people want to be separate from other Mm. people for Mm. obvious reasons. I mean, that whole thing of social isolation thing that we had drummed into us over the past year, it actually has an effect. People are stepping away from other people. Mm. You see it in the street. You see it in cafes. And it's not a conscious thing anymore. You just find a space as far away from the nearest people as you can get.
1: That's right. I was watching a movie the other day and there was a big crowd of people all crushed together and I immediately thought, oh oh my goodness, they're a bit close, whereas I would never have even thought about it before. Yeah. Mm.
0: So I wonder if there's more a case of people wanting to find their own space and more of it.
1: Maybe that's true. And as well, We can't ignore the damage that Opal Towers and Mascot Towers have done to the Hmm. sector as well. I mean, people are very, very nervous about tall, high, new buildings. Yeah, because there
0: are no guarantees. Mm.
1: Uh, And the the building commissioner, David Chandler, is obviously doing his best with new buildings coming up. But with the older stock that's still around, people are a bit anxious about that.
0: Yeah. And there's also, uh, I was reading somewhere else that the it might have even been you uh, writing in Domain that developers are looking at building bigger apartments. Mm. Like, in, we're still building high rise blocks or medium rise blocks, but the actual floor plan of the apartments will be bigger to accommodate this need for more space.
1: That's right. And also, families want to be closer as well. We've had a lot of um, younger people moving back with their parents into their homes. Because of COVID and, you know, and probably at the end of JobSeeker and JobKeeper, well, the end of the, the, you know, JobSeeker is going to disappear and people are going to have to be back on those miserly payments again. And the end of JobKeeper coming up, there's probably going to be a whole wash of new people moving in with their parents because they just can't afford to live without work anymore. Right. So when they're building these apartments with bigger floor plans, they're also building them with separate living areas to accommodate if grown-up kids come back or if elderly parents move in because they're a bit nervous about aged care now after the COVID outbreak. Mm. So they want them with separate living areas. So you're having a granny flat in
0: in your flat.
1: Yeah, that's right. With a little bit of extra living room. So maybe you know a couple can live in there who mm. maybe they're adult kids or grandparents and they can have their own lounge room as yeah. well as their own bedroom and I, they just share the of kitchen the, and launch. It's a
0: big locked metal door and well we don't go in there. <laughs> it's separate <so laughs> <good. laughs> That's where we keep grandpa. Don't go in whatever you do. It's awful in there. When we come back we're gonna talk about the new laws in Victoria. That's after this. Just a quick clarification. It was only after we'd recorded this podcast that we realised that the new strata laws in Victoria don't actually come in until December the 1st, so we're slightly ahead of the game here, but it's interesting nonetheless.
1: What are the new laws in Victoria then, Jimmy?
0: Right. Well, there's a lot of them. They've gone. They they're still sticking with the 2006 Owners Corporation Act. They haven't uh, changed that. The bones of the act are still there, but they've changed just about everything in it. Um, In some cases, it might be just the use of one word to make it in line with the rest of the state law, so that everybody knows exactly what they're talking about. But there are significant changes. They now have four tiers. Like in here in New South Wales, we've got two tiers of owners' corporation, a hundred units and over, which is a large and a hundred or less than 100, which is not large. In Victoria, they will have 51 or more is large, then there's 10 to 50, then there's 3 to 9, and then there's two units. So they've got four tiers and a different set of regulations. And, and some levels, everybody's under the same. And in other levels, there are certain exemptions. One of the things that they have is that in in the large ones, the tier one, they must have a strata manager. That's compulsory. Mm. Um, We don't have that here. And there are some huge uh, buildings here that are run purely by the committee with advantages and disadvantages to that. But in Victoria, that wouldn't be allowed to happen. Mm. These large buildings have to have a professional strata manager. Do you
1: think that should come into New South Wales as well?
0: Uh, Yeah, I do, actually. Mm. And I think over a certain level, they should have a professional building facilities manager, although how you would define that, because there's no registration required Mm. for building facilities managers in this state, that would be another thing that we should be looking at. Um, They are coming into line with us, they being Victoria, uh, are coming into line with New South Wales in terms of the length of management contracts. So strata managers can only be signed up for three years. And apparently this applies to building managers as well, Mm. which we don't have. We have that here still in New South Wales, you can sign up for a contract for 10 years with the building manager having an option of another 10 years. So it's ba- basically, it could be the way, depending on how the contract is signed, a 20-year contract.
1: Mm. Well, that's a bit of a worry, isn't it, really?
0: Well, it is here, but uh, hopefully you know, we're having our review of strata law.
1: Oh, okay, so maybe we'll we'll change and go back to something less.
0: Yeah, I, I think we. it's almost certain that building facilities managers will be regulated. Hmm and that they will be restricted to three-year contracts at a time. I mean, there was a lot of uh, howling and squealing when the government suggested three-year contracts. You know, here, strata managers have a one-year contract at the beginning, very beginning of a building's life, and then they go on to three and three and three. And, you know, there's no automatic renewal or or anything Mm. like that. And the, the strata managers were complaining about that before it came in, and now they're fine with it. Mm. because they realize that if they do their job properly then they at the end of the three years they're going to get renewed anyway because the hassle of not renewing is so high yeah but there's always the option there for the owners corporation to go well we're we're not happy with what you've done
1: yeah yeah it's kind of hard for strata managers because they really invest in a building don't they really and they especially at the beginning
0: well they've set you know, up they take, all over.
1: The... they take set up the systems and yeah. you know have all the records but then you're right I mean nobody's really going to be thinking about changing strata managers if they're happy
0: yeah but the problem in the past was that the strata manager has we found in our building the strata manager set up the the systems the developer comes along and says, hey, look, these guys have set everything up, so you don't want to stuff them around. And then you find out you've signed them up for 10 years. And you find out that they have stuffed things around Mm. and they have made huge mistakes. And you're looking at legal action then to get rid of them, which is now not a problem in Mm. New South Wales. And soon, actually now, is not a problem in Victoria because these laws have already come in. Mm. Um, Other things... It used to be in Victoria that you had to have a special resolution to start legal action. All right. And they've changed that slightly. And it's now a simple majority at at an owner's corporation meeting can start legal action up to a certain level, which is basically up to magistrate court level.
1: All right, so with a special resolution before, you needed at least a two-thirds majority, didn't you?
0: Oh, it's two thirds or seventy five percent or it depends. Mm-hmm. I mean, they are special resolutions. They can have a an interim special resolution, and then if a certain number of people object to it, then it doesn't go through. I mean, oh, okay. it's just so
1: it's much it'll be very, much more simple with a simple majority as well.
0: It will. Mm. Anything up to magistrates court, including Vcat, which is the tribunal, it's like NCAT, um that comes under the simple majority. And then county court and above, they've still got to have a special resolution. Why? Because that's when it starts to get really expensive. So it means that they can take people to court for debts and things like that. They don't have to get a special resolution, which can be really hard, Mm. you know, especially in Victoria, where the numbers are counted at some point by the whole number of people in the building, not just the people who've turned up at the meeting.
1: Right. Oh, that's hard, isn't it? Especially when you've got lots of investors.
0: Yes. Um, And there's other things like, oh, yeah, the size of the strata committee. They tend to do things in Victoria like, okay, this is how it should be, but you can change it. At the moment, I think the maximum size of a committee in Victoria is 14 or something like that. Wow, that's
1: a lot of people.
0: Yeah, that's a maximum. Mm. What they're saying now is the default is seven, seven people on your committee but you can choose to have more up to 12. Mm. They also have weird things like the chairman on their strata committees uh, has the casting vote, which we don't have.
1: No, oh, Which I don't
0: think is a good thing, knowing some of the chairpersons I have encountered across my <laughs> long history in strata. Insurance things, basically everything has to be charged according to your unit entitlements in terms of levies except if there's an insurance impost i think we also have this in new south wales where the owners corporation is having to pay additional insurance because of what somebody in one unit is doing then you can charge the excess insurance to that specific unit of, above and beyond the unit entitlements above and beyond the normal fees as they call them there um look there's a whole range a whole raft of things we'll be talking about that in the flat chat website Mm -hmm. but uh, it seems like in some ways, they're catching up with New South Wales, and in other ways, they're kind of nudging ahead of us. Oh no! Well, I think it's good. It's a little <laughs> absolutely, yeah, a little yeah. race that uh, keeps nice everybody if, on their toes. Yeah, it'd be
1: nice if Queensland joined in as well, really. Uh,
0: no chance of that. That's oh. a different world up there. Mm, yeah, yeah, it's a world where strata owners are being punished for living an aberrant behaviour and wanting to live off the ground.
1: Oh, God. that's a bit harsh. But they do have some really odd rules and regulations. It's kind of difficult.
0: Yeah. Um, at the very least, the, the pre-sale of management contracts, which mm. is just a disgrace, an absolute disgrace. And you talk to strata managers there and they say, oh, you know, the whole system would fall apart if we didn't have that. Well, the system for putting more money into developers' pockets, that would fall apart. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, when we come back, you're going to tell us about a problem with certifiers. That's after this. <music> Okay, so what what's the problem with certifiers now? What are they up to?
1: <laughs> well, I, I was contacted by their association who was saying the New South Wales government introduced a new planning portal, which is kind of an online system for people who want to fast-track developments. And certifiers kind of look at this system and try and work out what's happening and they the fill in the forms and they put in the applications, that kind of thing. And in theory, it sounds great. The idea was that it would cut red tape But the association says it's doing quite the opposite. It's just not working properly. It's not functional at all. It has all these glitches. It just doesn't really seem to obey the regulations properly. And they're having enormous problems with it. And they say the difficulties are leading to real delays in buildings, which is quite opposite to what the government intended and may add to housing construction costs in the long run. Right. And that's becoming a real problem because the government want to invest in infrastructure. They want to really have a lot more building projects going on to help boost the economy and jobs and things at this time. You know, one hesitates to say post-COVID, but...
0: (laughs) Right. I mean, certifiers in the whole Opal and Mascot Tower thing, certifiers were really put in the firing line, weren't they?
1: They were, really. I think there's often a lot of misunderstanding about their role. And their role is often, you know, looking at paperwork. It's not to actually go out and inspect buildings. Mm. It's to make sure that the as-built plans match the original plans. Right. The, the floor spaces are the same, that the, all the documentation is in is correct.
0: So they're checking when the plumbing guy says, here, I've signed off on the plumbing. They look at that document and says, okay, the plumbing guy has signed off on the plumbing. And so that means that this must be okay. So they're not actually looking at
1: no, they don't step onto building sites and actually check the work
0: So they copped all the blame, mm. unfairly to a large extent Although there was a lot of justifiable doubt about the way they were actually doing that Like they weren't even checking the paperwork in some cases mm, yeah. But now here's this fan new system that you can go online It doesn't even work
1: No, that's right Fandabidozy, wow, it's an interesting <laughs> word so they've been complaining all the, all to the All the government. crankies
0: fans out there will, will recognise that work.
1: So I went to the minister's office and put um, to, to him their complaints. And now um, the department is having a meeting with them and to talk through the, the issues that they're facing because they want this this portal to be suspended and to be redone yeah. and then relaunched properly. Yeah. Um, so the the department is now going to look at their complaints very seriously because before they'd been looking at them, but they'd kind of, you know, waved them away really, but now they've got a meeting with them, I think, as a result.
0: Is that a good thing or are they just being fobbed off?
1: I think they'll find out in the meeting, won't yeah, they? Really? Yeah, yeah.
0: And meanwhile, we can preview something that you're, you're doing a ride-along with the building commissioner soon.
1: That's right. Um, I'm going out with him on a building site. You're
0: riding shotgun.
1: and seeing what he does and then talking to some people that he's inspecting and... having a look at what's happening there. I mean, it's it's such an amazing thing to have a building commissioner after all these years. In, yeah. I mean, it would have been wonderful to have had one 20 years ago, really. But it does look as if this building commissioner is making a difference. But I'll be going out and seeing what he's so doing and what the other people that he's inspecting say about it, really. Are,
0: are, you, are you going into a war zone? Are you going to have to wear a bulletproof vest? <laughs> are you going to have a <laughs> blue United Nations helmet <laughs> with press on it?
1: <laughs> we'll have to see it could be interesting couldn't it
0: yeah i mean if you go to a building site and it turns out that he finds out something they didn't expect him to find out it could be really interesting
1: yes absolutely all right
0: keep your phone on record everything (laughs) okay that's us for this week um thank you all for listening thank you sue for coming in pleasure jimmy and we'll talk to you again soon bye bye Thanks for listening to the Flat Chat Rap podcast. You'll find links to the stories and other references on our website, flat-chat.com.au. And if you haven't already done so, you can subscribe to this podcast completely free on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or your favorite podcatcher. Just search for Flat Chat Rap with a W, click on subscribe, and you'll get this podcast every week without even trying. Thanks again.